0: We've been going through a series uh, entitled, How's Your Love Life? And I know Pastor Danny did an awesome job uh, last Sunday morning and uh, dealing with loving God and uh, making sure that God is uh, the number one love in our life. And, you know, God is concerned with our love life. And I know, you know some of you young people go, Oh, gee, does he know about my boyfriend? Does he care about my girlfriend? And you know, <laughs> No, no, we're not talking about that kind of love life. We're talking about a higher kind of love life, a love life that has to do, yes, as we learned last week, with loving God, but also our love life when it comes to those around us, those that God has placed us next to, whether in our neighborhoods, at our workplace, at our schools, here, even in church, and how we love those uh, who are next to us and close to us and around us, I guarantee you, and what kind of love we we project will determine, you know, our happiness, our joy, uh, God's fulfillment in our lives. Because if we don't know how to love people, we're going to be miserable. You know, we're going to allow people to affect us and infect us in the wrong way. And so, uh, uh, you know, we need to make sure that our love and, and sometimes our love can be for other things other than for w- with the right things that God wants us to focus on, which is he and the people around us. Sometimes we get caught up, and uh, it's going to be covered next week on mis- misguided affections and uh, uh, misdirected love to worldly things or to temporal things. And I know we all have things, and we all love things, and we all want to get things because that's you know we're human. But it's when we those things be, take a priority over our love for God, or even how we love people around us then that love is misdirected and uh, our affections are out of order and so what we need to do is to make sure that uh, the kind of love that God wants us to prioritize in our love in our lives determine the quality of life that we're going to live and so in the gospel of Luke chapter 10 Uh, And starting with verse 25, uh, Jesus has given us uh, some understanding about love. And uh, he covers a little bit of what was covered last week. And in this story, uh, there's a Pharisee or there's a lawyer who tries to trap Jesus. And as you look at the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Luke, and you go through the different Gospels, You see how the Pharisees, the religious folks, and even some of the the wise people of the day, the lawyers, always try to catch Jesus off guard. They're always trying to trap him with these, what they call trick questions, as if Jesus doesn't know what they're already going to say or think. Isn't that the amazing thing about God and Jesus? He already knows what's in here before it comes out of here. And sometimes we feel like we're going to trick Jesus, and uh, we can't fool Jesus. And Jesus knew exactly what was going on. So in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, uh, it says this in verse 25, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up, and it says, And tempted him, saying, Master, what shall we do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, said, you shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Then he says, and your neighbor, and your neighbor, say that with me, and your neighbor, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. I'm supposed to love you. All right. And he goes on and says, love your neighbor as yourself. And we're going to look into that in a little while because that's the key right then and there. And he says, uh, after he says this, and he said unto him, you has answered right, this do, and you shall live. But he willing to justify himself, in other words, this is why I asked the question unto Jesus, he said this, so who's my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? And Jesus begins to give him a parable that we'll look into as we move forward in our story. So Jesus says the first commandment is you're supposed to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Then he says, and after that, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second greatest commandment is to love people. For God so loved the world. God loves people. God cares people and this is why Jesus spent time answering this lawyer's question who is my neighbor and the reason this lawyer asked this question was because of the culture that they were living in during that time similar to kind of like what's going on here today you see the Pharisees had this huge list of people they despised They had this big old gigantic list of people they hated that they didn't want to get along with, that they thought they were better than they were. The Gentiles, the sinners, the publicans, the Samaritans, the Romans, and all these other groups of people. These Pharisees, these religious folks, hated them all. Sounds like some people we know, huh? Some folks that just hate everybody. I don't care what color they are what their backgrounds are, what they look like. I just hate people. And so the Pharisee asked this question because that's exactly what was going on. It was a generation that was filled with prejudice. And uh, as Jesus responds back to, the, to, to this lawyer, this lawyer's probably thinking to himself, you're going to ask me to love them folks? You're going to ask me to love those that we've always hated, that I was raised to learn to hate? Those people who are different from me, think different from me, like things different than I like, you expect me to love them? You see, the point, the truth this morning is that it's people, not God, that you and I have the most problems with in life. If the truth be known, it's not so much loving God, although we have our occasions where we're angry with God and we fight with God, that is the problem, but it's usually the people throughout the day that we spend time with, that we have to work with or go to school with, and unfortunately, oh my gosh, I'm not believing I have to say this, sometimes even the people we come to church with that give us the most problems, loving and get along with people that think different than us, that dress different than we do and don't agree with our position in life. You know, I think about what's going on here today in our world, in our nation, actually. Let's focus on that. And everybody's looking for resolution and looking for answers and, you know, a new president's the answer and uh, this, this movement's the answer and, you know, do away with this and we'll have the answer and we'll have peace. And they're searching with all these, you know, myriad of, of, of reasons and, and things that we can do in order to have peace when all we need to do is look at God's word and listen to what Jesus said. And Jesus gives us the answer, and he says that if you love your neighbor, and he says the key word, the way you love yourself. <laughs> he says, then you're going to be okay. Things are going to work out. Now, the word neighbor is an interesting word because basically it means to draw near. It's the, the root word Nigh. get close to someone and so what Jesus is saying listen you're not only supposed to draw close to me love God love me with all your heart mind soul and strength but you're supposed to love your neighbor that way too. draw close to them the way you draw close to me and Jesus says when you do that you'll begin to realize some things about who you are because see the religious folks and the Pharisees always had their eyeballs outward looking at the problems of other people. They were always judging other people. They were always finding fault in other people. And Jesus says, time to turn your eyeballs inward and begin to look at yourself. And when you, when you start to love me and you love people like you love me, you'll begin to see some things about your life. You'll begin to see some things that maybe are not good need to be corrected. So not only is loving God a priority that Jesus says, but so is loving your neighbor. Think about your neighbor, not the one next to you. But the one you live next to, your apartment, your house, wherever that might be. How do you get along with them? I was talking with with my neighbor the other day, this last week, and and, and he was telling me about he he lived there longer than I I lived in that area. And he said, see that house over there? And he points to the house down the street. The lady that lived in there was a witch. I mean, she wasn't even next to She had about four houses down. She's always looking and seeing what's wrong. And always coming in front. And, and thank God she moved. And I thought about it and I said, man, she's not even next door to you. And, and you, you don't even know that. She's like 10 houses away. And you hate her? that's human nature sometimes we can't get along with those around us let alone those people we don't even know and I see that a lot today people who are strangers are angry with each other they don't even know each other but they still hate each other and this is the problem that Jesus is speaking to this religious man about and so that just tells me religion is not going to cut it you know, religion isn't isn't the answer to, to life's problems, to relationship problems, but the answer is having a personal relationship with the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And when you have that personal relationship, it begins to solve all the other things around us. So... Jesus says, this is a commandment. This is not an option or something that's unimportant, whether I love my neighbor or not. It ain't going to matter. But it's a critical challenge to us here this morning. And Jesus speaks this in the content of a command in the Gospel of John chapter 14. And in verse 15, listen to what Jesus says. If you love me, then you will keep my commandments. So if we love God, well then God commands us to love those around us, to love people, to love our neighbors. And we all know that sometimes this is difficult, easier said than done. And God's not surprised with that. Do you think God's surprised that you, you have a hard time loving your neighbor? Do you think God's surprised that you have a love, a hard time loving someone that maybe is different than you or, or doesn't like the same things you like, etc. and so on? God's not surprised. He already knows it would be difficult. Let me tell you why. This is why four out of the Ten Commandments are oriented or directed towards loving God, and then six out of the Ten Commandments are directed towards loving people and having relationships with people. So why is that? Because God already knew we would have difficulty having a relationship with people, keeping relationships with people building relationships godly relationships with people and so Jesus says that we're to love our neighbor and then he tells us how to love our neighbor as we love ourselves what does that mean how do we love ourselves nowadays all you got to do is go on google facebook youtube Is that what he means? Is that what loving yourself is all about? I mean, it'd be hard to tell today. How do I love me? Let me count the ways. Here, yeah. It's it's almost like people are, are are thinking that. But Jesus, when he tells this lawyer, this religious guy. To, to love your neighbor like you love yourself. Jesus is talking about a healthy understanding of who we are and how God created us and, and that there was a healthy understanding of what love is all about when it talks to about, you know, towards ourselves. Not selfish love, not greedy love. Hopefully that's not what Jesus is talking about. But he's talking about a righteous kind of love, you know. Not loving what we used to be. Don't you thank God that, that 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 we are different, changed creation now, new creatures in Christ. Old things passed away. Now all things now become new, brand new. You see, he's talking about having having a healthy attitude. We all express uh, our love for ourselves in different ways. How do we do that? Well, how many know we meet? We make sure we meet our needs. Our needs are met. We do that. That's that's just human nature that we make sure we're taken care of we make sure that everything is correct about us we uh, 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 manicure ourselves we dress ourselves we feed ourselves you know etc and so on we are willing to sacrifice for ourselves isn't that right we make sure that if there's something we want man i'm not eating lunch today because i want to buy that for me you know i, I we sacrifice Because we want something, we make sure that we're going to get it. We're willing to pay the price. And that's what Jesus is talking about. In the same fashion that we take care of ourselves, that we love ourselves, that we meet our needs, that we sacrifice in order to get what we want or to make sure we're happy, that's exactly the way you're supposed to love people. That's exactly the mindset you're supposed to have. We're supposed to have when it comes to our neighbor, when it comes to those that maybe we think are unlovable. Do you ever know anybody who's unlovable? Keep your eyes forward. Don't look around. Please, just keep looking at me. With the same enthusiasm and motivation that we take care of ourselves, we're supposed to want to take care of those around us and love them. What kind of love? The God kind of love. In John chapter 13 Jesus speaks to the disciples and uh, he says uh, to them, you need to love one another just as I have loved you. Because if you love each other he says, then they will know you are my disciples. That's the kind of love that we're supposed to love people with. Not a selfish love, but a godly kind of love. Our kind of love for people should be God's kind of love. What is God's kind of love this morning? How much does God love you? How does God love you? I'll answer the question. God loves us, you and me, without conditions. Isn't that right? God's love is unconditional. No conditions based upon the kind of love. In spite of our selfishness. In spite of our our shortcomings. In spite of our whatever hang-ups we have. God still loves us. Wow, that's mind-blowing. Jesus says, as I have loved you, you are to love one another. Too many of us have conditions on our love. We put filters on our love. And when there are certain requirements. You know, when you go shopping for something on the internet, and you, you get an item, and they allow you to filter it, you know, in stock. What color do you want? You know, how, what, what price range are you looking at? And we go through all the filters, and then finally we come up with the one we like. And a lot of times, that's the way we are when it comes to loving people. We look at a person, and then we bring up our filters. We start checking them off. "Eh, yeah, he presses okay. Mm, Yeah, he likes the right kind of food. Mm, Let me see. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, uh, he believes like I believe. And, you know, and on and on and on. We go through all the different things uh, that we filter through. And uh, then we say, maybe I can love him. Maybe I think they'll be okay as to be my friend. And it's not unconditional. We're supposed to love people the way God loves you, the way He loves me, without boundaries, without filters. In spite of us, He still loved us. While we were what? Yet sinners, Christ died for us. In all of our ugliness, in all of our shame, in all of our junk and mess, God still loved us. Wow. So let me ask you the question, how's your love life? How is your love life when it comes to your neighbor? And then he says, as I have loved you, people will know that you're my disciples. Do people know you're, you're, you're one of Jesus' disciples at work? When that one that drives you nuts comes up to you and you're there with your friends and they say something that just, you know, pushes the button again. And it's it's like you know, your nerves just go every the last nerve you have, it's there. It's been hit. And when that person walks away, (laughs) and man, we're just we're just going going off on that person and what do you think they think about what you're doing? Ah, that must be a Christian. Do they look at you as a, a disciple of Jesus or do they go, Psh, what's going on with that guy? What's going on with that girl? She's just like my wife I just divorced. She's a gossiper. <laughs> wow. Jesus gives us the kind of love that we're supposed to show people. How to show people and the results of that. That's why it's so important. This is why the enemy always wants to divide us. Always wants to cause us to to have boundaries when it comes to liking people or accepting people. This world, if it would only understand you, you see, this is the strategy. I believe, I look at things spiritually. I'm a pastor. And we're all, as Christians, supposed to look at the spiritual aspect about life. And when we understand the progression that has taken place in in, in the last several years with God being taken out of teaching our children what the Word of God is all about, prayer in the schools, and from then on a bunch of other areas of removing the Ten Commandments and removing anything having to do with God. What does the world think is going to happen? What do our leaders think is going to... We're going to love people more? We're going to love our neighbor more? Of course not. It's going to deteriorate. Relationships are going to fall apart. And so this is why it's so critical that we understand that we start... When we start to, to sense... Uh prejudice when we start to sense things that 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 would want to divide us and separate us from hurting people and people who who need answers then we have to check our lives and say god where is this coming from because it's not coming from him it's not coming from him and so this is why as i wind this down jesus speaks to this lawyer because he already knew what he was thinking He already knew where he was coming from, and he tells him a story called a parable about the man who was robbed on the road to Jericho as he was leaving Jerusalem. And he speaks to him about the story, and he says, Hey, let me tell you a story. You're asking about who's my neighbor, and and what about this man, and and what about these, these kinds of people I'm supposed to love? Let me tell you a story about that and he tells him a story about this man who's walking down the road leaving Jerusalem on the way to Jericho and he's robbed on this highway and he's beaten he's left half dead they rob him and this man is there and along come three people the first one he's a priest he's a religious guy you would expect this religious guy to love this man who just got beat up and who was bleeding and gotten robbed if nothing else to say can I pray for you? Did he do that? Nah. Just looked saw him laying down there all bleeding half dead and walked across the street. Oh, I don't know that guy. I don't know where he's from. He don't go to my church. walked right across the street and Jesus is getting to this lawyer because he was a religious lawyer thought he knew everything thought he was going to trap Jesus about how do I inherit eternal life and then Jesus said hey not only the priest the guy who runs things but here comes a Levite who are the Levites They're the ones that served in the temple. They're the ones that set up the stuff. And so you'd expect, if not the priest, at least maybe one of the disciples would be okay. And he says, here comes the Levite, and he saw that dude there on the ground, and he's messed up, and... I don't know him, or I'll tell you what. He looks familiar, but I think he backslid. I don't don't, know. Uh, yeah, him. Oh, yeah. He used to help, but he left me hanging. I don't. I don't. You know, in the in the in the tabernacle. Psst. He's not even a disciple anymore. Why should I bother with him? He dropped out of ministry. Both religious. Both saw the man on the ground bleeding, hurting, and did nothing to help. Could not be bothered. They have what 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5 speaks about. A form of godliness. An outward appearance. But they denied the power of God. God help us that we don't become religious. And we'll become like the Levite and uh, the priest. So much that we no longer have a compassion for people or a concern for people or care about people. They were distracted because they were too busy. They had an agenda. They were on their way to a temple. They couldn't be bothered, interfered with their time frame. We always need to make time for people. We always need to be bothered when it comes to somebody's life who is hurting, who is down, who needs a prayer, who needs help. And we read about that Samaritan who did all of that, didn't know that man, didn't have any relationship with that man. He didn't even have an obligation with that man. This, even the, this is why Jesus used a Samaritan, and I'll wind this down the bank and come up make the way up. This is why Jesus used a Samaritan to talk to this this uh, lawyer because they hated Samaritans. And you know, this lawyer was a Jew. Samaritans were Jews. But he wasn't their kind of Jew. (laughs) They didn't worship the way he wanted them to worship. They didn't read the Bible the way they wanted them to read the Bible and you know, a lot of times, you and I, as we call ourselves Christians. God's people, we are. And there are people who are hurting. Who may not worship the way we worship. Sing the way we sing. Pray the way we pray. But they're still God's people. They're still God's creation. And we still need to love them have compassion on them and care about them and do whatever we can to meet their need. The Samaritan, read the story. I'm not going to take time doing that. But he did everything in his power he could to get help for this man and went beyond and even gave of his resources. You see, loving people is more than this feeling I'm waiting to get. Okay, God, give it to me. I'm waiting. I don't feel it. Where is it? No, it's not a feeling. It's an obedience to a command. An obedience. That's what it's about. In James chapter 2 and verse 8. If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin, and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. I'll guarantee you, if that man laying by the on the road, beaten and bloody, was uh, one of the priest's best friends, probably would have stopped and helped him. not a feeling loving your neighbor it's something we do because we love God if you love me you will keep my commands it's a result of being born again loving people is a result of being a new creation in Christ this last scripture I'll give you King Solomon is approached by God and God speaking to him And listen to what God says, and I want you to think, put yourself in Solomon's place. Listen to the question that God asked Solomon. Ask, what shall I give you? You could ask for anything, and anything you ask, I'll give to you. What would you ask God for? Okay? now that you've thought about that and it says this about Solomon but Solomon had a heart for people and asked for an understanding heart to judge God's people Solomon could have asked for anything in the world God would have given it to him but instead he says God I want to know your people better I want to help your people show me how Give me the wisdom. How? Jesus said to this Pharisee, this man, this beaten man, this lawyer is your neighbor. Help him. As we bow our heads this morning and we close our eyes for a few moments. This morning, love God, number one, First, the greatest commandment. We do that, hopefully. But then Jesus says, "Love your neighbor as yourself." Who are you having problems with? Because usually, it's relational problems, people problems that give us the most problems. It causes the most trouble. So this morning the question is who is your neighbor, how are you dealing with it, what are you going to do about it, is there conflict, is there a rift, is there bitterness, is there resentment, is there prejudice? Jesus says, deal with it. Because that man, that woman, is your.